Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. What is up, Rush Nation? Welcome into another week of the staff takeover. I am one of your hosts, Ash, back this week from my unexpected absence last week. And I am joined by Lee. Hello, Lee. How you doing? Very good, very good. I missed the, the pod last week, but... Uh, Stocks was a very good guest and uh, covered for me well. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't in a in a nice European country like you guys were talking about. I was up in Manchester, but yeah, if, when work calls, you gotta you gotta go. Unfortunately, yeah, you gotta go where where the work is. Yeah, exactly. But I am back this week, and we are back to speak about Week Nine Sunday games. Very exciting week as always. Um, and I think we should kick it off with the London game, Texans versus the Jags. Obviously, the Texans walked away with this one, 36 to 3 winners. Um, and it looks like Minshew Mania may be overly. Uh, obviously, we've had, the, we've had the word now that Foles is the uh, starter for week 11 after their bye. It's a shame because Minshew's done well, um, but he did have a poor game that we get against the Jags, um, sorry, against the Texans, and I think that sort of put the nail in the coffin, really. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was lucky enough to be at the game, and I think if you look from the All-22 film, you probably get a better perspective of what the Jags are thinking here, because he was missing a lot of open receivers. He seemed to be slow reading through his progressions, was my amateur 
I looking at it. But we had that sort of Madden view sitting at the end of the end of the ground, looking down the field, and me and the, uh, my brother who I went with, you could see the open receiver way before Minshew would pull the trigger, and I think that's probably just led to his downfall. Yeah, and I think that the Jags have to see what they've got in Foles. I mean, they put a lot of money into him. Um, I, I don't know what the stipulations are on his contract in terms of release or or anything like that. But I mean, this season they're not probably not going to achieve a great deal in terms of playoffs this year. So I mean, there's no risk really to put him back in. Um, they know what they got in Minshew if they need to go back to him. But yeah, they have to. They have to look at Foles and decide if he's their long-term future or not. Um, the only the only other real thing from this, it was a it was a pretty poor def- uh, offensive display, as you can imagine, only putting three points on the board. Um, Fournette, in my opinion, is the only real fantasy um, option for the Jags at the moment, like I said, until we see what Foles can do in the passing game. Um, Fournette had a Pretty quiet day, uh, 11 rushes, 40 yards, and he got 32 yards through the air on five receptions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the moment, he's he's now Minshew's gone. Um, obviously, we don't know what we're going to get from Chart. We don't know what we're going to get from um, Keenan Cole or any of the receivers, really. Um, it's just a waiting game, unfortunately, if you own any of those players. And I've... I wouldn't start any of them week 11 if I had the option outside of Fournette, but obviously if people, people might be desperate on their, on their lineups, so they may have to. From the Texan side, just Sean Watson continues to do what he does. This is a very impressive season so far. He's well in the MVP picture at the moment. The, the Jags defense gave him a lot of time, despite the fact they were missing Tunsil, who was out for injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, Watson's on another level at the moment. Um, from a fantasy perspective, he's, he's averaged 24.46 fantasy points this season um, through, through nine games. So he's been very, very impressive. Um, and I think he'll continue to be. Uh, it doesn't matter what defense you're in front of him, he just seems to impress, which is then obviously in turn the options and the weapons around him are impressing. We all remember Hopkins' three game slump. Um, obviously, the worst of those being the last one, which was week four against the Panthers, where he only got 5.6 points. Since then, um, much improved. Uh, he's now averaged over 12 fantasy points a game. So he's back up in that wide receiver one category. Rightly so, people are panicking, but I think it was uh, it was always expected he'd come back. Yeah, I mean, just to pick up on that as well, with, with Hopkins playing as well as he did, it, it left it left a lot of work there for Kenny Stills, who, who got a decent amount of yards on Sunday. I don't know the exact number of hand, but... I've seen him being dropped in a lot of leagues. I think he's quite an interesting option if you're looking for someone to plug and play a couple of weeks rather than a someone you want to you know keep on your on your team all year round. Yeah, definitely with the injuries they've got as well, um, and obviously Kiki Kuti seemingly invisible to the Texans. He's a he's a good second option, especially with Watson under centre. Carlos Hyde's another big big game. Nineteen rushing attempts, 160 yards, no touchdowns, but. When you got when you get 160 yards, you, yeah, you, you're having a very good game, which is which is good to see. Um, somewhat surprising, I think a lot of people wrote him off um, in preseason, but uh, he's he's done well so far. Um, and him and Watson have seemed to have a good tandem uh, in that backfield. Makes it a bit difficult, obviously, to to play him week to week, play rhythm week to week because 
you never know which one of those is going to uh, get the touchdown. It was obviously Johnson this week. But, uh, but yeah, lo- lots of options on the Texans and um, another, another, another very impressive display. Um, anything from you on this one? Lee? Yeah, I actually thought the Jags D played quite well in the game. They um, they they really just came unstuck when Deshaun Watson was um, able to extend the play. They seemed to have a lot of um, uh, you know a, a lot of what they had dialed up was good early in the down, but once he got outside the pocket, started to run around. I mean, there's times when he changed changed directions on the field multiple times. That's when the Jags D fell apart. And I don't know if they might be a a defence that you might want to try and pick up depending on their matchup going forwards because they've still got plenty of talent on there. Yeah, definitely. And they would have been dropped in quite a few leagues. They were seen as a uh, top-drafted defence at the start of the year. Um, obviously, it hasn't quite turned out like that. They, they played well this year. But, um, yeah, I agree. They're, they are one of, the, one of the top options and they are a streaming option at the moment because, like I say, they're not in... Uh, they're, they are on the waivers in some leagues. So. Um, we will go over to Lee's first game of the night, and that was the Bears at the Eagles. So this finished twenty-two um, fourteen to the to the home team, the Eagles. My first point is that the Bears just struggled again. I mean, until forty, until there's forty-five seconds remaining in the first half, they didn't even have a first down. Um, they were over six on on third down, and Trubisky finished the game ten of twenty-one for one hundred and twenty-five yards. He's now gone two games without passing for a TD. I don't think they have any choice but to continue playing him. But from a fantasy point of view, you can just write off everything on offense for the Bears other than uh, other than Montgomery because outside of Montgomery, it's poor. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an unfortunate one. And I have a lot of shares of Trubisky. I had quite a bit of confidence in him and the Nagy offense. And a lot of it is on his shoulders, but Nagy's play calling has been suspect as well this year. But yeah, I just don't... Trubisky was shaky at times last year. He had some good games and he had some he had some real down games, but he has just been appalling all all year. I mean, I agree with you. Daniels behind him, but is he a much better option, or do they just try and ride out with with Trubisky? I mean, he got given the vote of confidence today by the uh, by the coaching staff, but I don't know. He's got to be on a he's got to be on a short leash. I mean. I think the bonus they have, uh, which makes me think they will ride Trubisky, barring injury, is they saw Daniels. They've seen him in a what a game and a half. I think he had just over a game and a half. So, and and like you say, if we're putting the blame more on Nagy than Trubisky, then it doesn't help bringing in Daniels anyway because he's only going to be running the same place. So, yeah, you know, I think there's an element element of that in there. I think they've got to ride it out. But from a fantasy point of view, I wouldn't be going there too many Bears players because you're hamstrung by the quarterback, and that's not a recipe for great, great things. The second thing I took away from this is Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, he had four catches from eight targets to 36 yards, but he did actually um, end three drives with drops. So it cost the team big on the day, really. Um, I know he's playing hurt. You have to question how much of the workload they're going to want to try and force to him with Deshaun Jackson now going on IR for the season. I had him in a number of leagues. I've actually got out of it because I just... I've got no confidence in the Eagles, really. Um, I think they're really a middle-of-the-pack team. So I think it's hard to judge week-to-week what you're going to get. And Alshon Jeffrey just wasn't doing a lot for me. So, Yeah, the, the Jackson IR situation is, is a bad one for them um, because he and Wentz looked very impressive in that first game. And ever since Jackson's been out, Wentz just seems to be 
another quarterback who just he has good moments, um, and it seems to be most games he has good moments, but he just isn't the same sort of player we've seen, what, two years ago? Now, is the multiple injuries he's experienced been taking a lot of confidence out of him? Is the O-line to blame? I just, I don't know, but it's another difficult team to be able to rely on a pass catching player week to week. I mean, Zach Ertz had a big game today, um, on Sunday, sorry, but even he's been um, poor or in terms of fantasy points at times this season. It is difficult to trust. Yeah, um, you hit the nail on the head there because Ertz and Dallas Goddard, sorry, Dallas Goddard, blimey, um, actually had more than half of uh, Carson Wentz passing yards on the day. So, I mean, he obviously looking to use them. So that's probably the value there on that offense. Um I think part of the problem as well is once you lose Jackson, the field just gets so compressed because everything's crossing and over the middle of the field. And I think you just, you're just almost working in that sort of the equivalent of working down in the red zone where everything becomes so compact, they're having to do it all over the field because they've just got no one to really open it up. And I think that's why that first game, they looked so good because they had that good connection with Jackson, but he was also able to free everybody else up. Yeah, exactly, sir. It's a difficult decision a lot of fantasy owners are going to have to make for the rest of the season. First off, whether they play Wentz, which running back they use, and do they, and which pass catchers do they do they put on? I mean, Ertz is an every week starter. He he still has to be um, as much as it, it does pain owners when they see a, a poor score. But outside of him, yeah, it's difficult to trust anyone else really. Unfortunately, we move on to uh, my Steelers, who are thankfully uh, four and four. Uh, which I was not expecting <laughs> <laughs> a few games ago, um, but they still they still are lacking on offense. I mean, they won against the Colts twenty six twenty four on Sunday. They ground the game out without Connor and with Mason Rudolph under center. They're just so inconsistent. Rudolph goes for the dink and dunks. He isn't even successful on that half the time. Just we don't have that spark in our offense and. I think we'll we'll finish with a respectable respectable score at the end of the year, but I don't expect the playoffs. I don't expect any fireworks unless something drastically changes. But Rudolph is not the answer, unfortunately. Um, but he is the answer they've got this this season. Yeah, I mean, hopefully Connor's back next week. It's rumored that he will be, but who knows? Yeah, I mean they're beat up in the backfield right now, aren't they? Well, obviously they're beat up because to, to even make a phone call to inquire about Liv Bell's availability. Yeah. That must have hurt. Yeah, from all teams. I mean, that must have hurt every number they dialed on the phone to uh, to the Jets. But it just shows you, you know, how beat up they are in the backfield and the lengths that, you know, they're willing to go to. Actually, I thought it would be a great move if they had managed to pull it off because the Jets have paid so much of that contract. Bill's seen the grass is not necessarily greener on the other side. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and obviously it would have helped you guys out massively. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um and I think when, what what once Connor's fit, if he can stay fit, he's phenomenal. He's bordering an RB one, but yeah, uh, it's it's a difficult difficult situation they find themselves in. I mean, Trey Edmonds off the practice squad was the top um, rusher with seventy three yards. Very surprising for most people that, but not shouldn't be that surprising. Jalen Samuels is just coming off a knee injury, and I don't think he's fully fit. Um, so that would have had a lot to say in in his performance and they had to rest a lot of it on Trey Edmonds, especially with Mason Rudolph. Um, like I say, not performing great. 
I feel most sorry for Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, he is he was a, a wide receiver one in in pretty much every single league, uh, every single draft, and we've had a few good games. We've had a lot of bad games, unfortunately. Um, and again, he's another one that people have to start, much like Hopkins when he was going through his bad stage. You have to start him because of the investment you put in him. He's a player that people rely on, and at this stage, he's not paying out. Um, on the Colts side, obviously, unfortunate. Brissett got um, injured in the second quarter. Um, I haven't seen a great deal of news on his injury. I don't know if you have, Lee. Um, I'll check now. But yeah, so while you're looking at that, I mean, Brian Hoyer come in, scored a touchdown on his first drive, which was good. Um, and he threw three touchdowns on the day. And he looked like he could handle themselves, especially with this Steelers defence. I mean, this is the reason why we are 4-4, four and four, in my opinion. The defence have turned up in recent games. Uh, they went absolutely blitz crazy against uh, the Colts um, and stopped them um, on the last drive. And obviously, we all, we all know Vinatieri obviously missed that kick. And yeah, I mean, there's more rumours circulating about him retiring. I, I don't think he will. I think he'll see it out unless the Colts cut him or, or um, yeah, I think unless the Colts cut him, well, he's going to ride out for the year. Um, but, I mean, the Colts should have won this game. Um, and I think the only reason was, well, the Steelers' defence was one of the reasons, but they gave away a lot of penalties, they had multiple turnovers, and they had a couple of missed kicks, and that, that proved the difference on the day. Uh, they're a good they're a good offence. I, I think hopefully Brissett's not out for too long. So just, just checking on that, he was going to practice today on a limited basis, and they haven't ruled him out for Sunday yet. The uh, result of his MRI was a sprained MCL. But I, bearing in mind they're playing the Dolphins this Sunday, you'd like to think Brian Hoyer would be able to get that team through that game and you could give him the week. Because we see with Patrick Mahomes playing injured, it so often leads to a worse injury. Yeah, I agree. I think it was definitely a good decision if they, if they were to play Hoyer. I mean, we saw last season with Cooper Cup, he sprained his MCL, came in the next game, had a good game, but then he tore his ACL. A ligament injury in the knee, any any sort of ligament injury has got to be treated very carefully because it can lead to other injuries. Um, fantasy takeaways from the Colts, aside from obviously the, the impact that Hoyer will have. I mean, Hilton's out for multiple weeks. Um, Pascal is a good pickup um, if you're desperate. I mean, they're going to distribute the ball a bit more evenly and they did against the Steelers. Um, but... Pascal's probably the best option to pick up unless Paris Campbell continues to take that step. He had a good day, um, but we need to see more. And then Marlon Max, quite secure, 21 carries and 89 yards. If he can start getting some touchdowns, he'll, he'll be a reliable player. Listen, you'd like to think they might lean on that game going forwards a little bit as well on the running game with, um, with a suspect knee at quarterback. Yes, I think so. I think that's more than likely. Next up, we have my Steelers. And now it's time for your Dolphins, Lee. Oh yes, we could. I could talk about this all night. Um, so this finished twenty six eighteen to the Dolphins. Um, obviously, getting their first win of the season. Probably the big news to come out of this from a fantasy perspective is Preston Williams tore his ACL and is out for the rest of the season. He was one of the few bright spots. He had two touchdowns on the day. Was playing super well, um, but also Devontae Parker is really pulled his finger out, is playing good, consistent football. They're not huge numbers, but 
I mean, he's going to get the the lion's share of the work going forwards. He he's a big bodied receiver. He had a one handed um, grab in the end zone for a touchdown. All good things. Um, so yeah, I think it's really Preston Williams is the is the scare. Yeah, really pain me to to see that news come out. I have him in lots and lots of leagues. I picked him up in the off season, just on the off chance. I mean, we spoke about him numerous times, so I won't go too much into it, but. Good, good long-term investment still. I think um, even now, now he's injured and if, if he, he might well be dropped in the dynasty league, people might panic. But yeah, real real big shame. Um, that's the punishment you get for helping the Dolphins win a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, there's, yeah, there's a high upside if you can get him. If you can pick him up, you know, providing he comes back from the injury, okay, which is obviously the risk. But you'd like to think he will. The, the, the rumour is that he'll miss the start camp next year. Um, but should be ready to go by the start of the season or thereabout. So, you know, if he gets dropped, it, it's, it might be a high upside to pick him up. Yeah, it averages about a nine-month turnaround. I mean, ACLs, torn ACLs aren't as much of a concern as they used to be. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's obviously a little bit of risk there is because also we don't know what we're going to see from the Dolphins' offense next year. Um, I mean, the only other thing I obviously got from this, and it actually isn't even from the game, it's, it's Mark Walton suspended for four games. I mean, they lost Drake and now... Bolton's out for four games. The the ball is on Balaj's shoulders once again. Yeah, so don't rush out and get Caelan Balaj. Caelan Balaj has, you know, has the vision of, of Stevie Wonder in the backfield. But the the Mark Walton thing's kind of interesting because it, the suspension comes from his three arrests in the off-season before the Dolphins picked him up. And the Dolphins knew the suspension was coming before they traded Kenyon Drake, so they were still happy to do it. I mean that that's from a football point of view. It's not going to help anyone in fantasy, but no. <laughs> but you know it's just it's just an interesting tidbit that um, that they were happy still to trade Kenyon Drake, knowing they were going to miss four games. The um, the next thing I had coming coming from this game is, and I got to try and put my Dolphins bias aside, is the Jets just need to fire Adam Gase. Just do it now. Get rid of him. He, he's 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 awful. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean. I said to plenty of people, and I've said it on, on this show before, Lev Bell is worthless playing for the New York Jets. He, he, because Adam Gase doesn't want to use his running backs. He, he just doesn't. He's a predictable play caller. Teams know what's coming. I mean, the Jets made the Dolphins look like a good team in the first half of that game. The, the score should have been more one-sided. Um, even in the press conference after, one of the Jets beats beat writers asked Adam Gase, does this justify the Dolphins owner's decision to fire you. You, you know, I, I mean, the Dolphins fan in me wants, wants him to be there for the next four years. It'd be great. But um, until he's gone, it's going to be a very up and down side. I mean, you obviously saw how good they can be when they beat the um, Cowboys and they look like a great team. Adam Gase has that in his locker when, he, you know, but nine times out of 10, you're going to get this performance. And, you know, with, with the money they spent, I'd be very concerned. And the person I'd be most concerned with is Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is not playing good football. I mean, there was an interception at the end of the first half in the red zone. I believe it's from about the eight-yard line. He's getting sacked and he throws the ball underhand, straight up in the air. It's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Just take the second, you know, go on there. I think it was on second down. It gets picked off in the end, in the end zone. It's just that split second decision making, isn't it? It's just unforgivable, though. You know, just just take the sack, live to fight another down. Even if it's on third down, just get the field goal and you know take the points. Whatever you do, don't just heave it in the air. 
I mean, he didn't even have proper hold of the ball. It was literally an underhand scoop. It's a, you know. Yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird play. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that I'm going to um, take from from this as well, which is again dogging on Adam Gates a little bit, is um, a friend of ours, and he was on the on the main show. Travis Wingfield was at the game, and he said Adam Gates is back in his in his old routine where the Jets players don't even have any sort of routine to warm up. Warming up is kind of optional, whereas the Dolphins are more militant. They're out there in formation. They have they have a very set routine on on a set time where they have to be, where they have to stretch, where they have to go through their warm up. Adam Gase is just kind of just free. Just do what you want. It's great, and I think that's why you see so many injuries for the for the Jets team. It happened when he was Dolphins head coach. I mean, the Jets had twenty six players on the injury report going into last week's game, and. Oh so I think you can only you can only look as far as a head coach. So I, and, until then, it would really concern me with any of the Jets players um, for fantasy, which is a shame because they've got some players which have value. Um, but it's the consistency aspect that you can't rely on. Yeah, definitely. I think the only, I mean, Bell again. People paid a lot of money for him. He is unfortunately matchup dependent at the moment. Um, and the only other player I've noticed, Jameson Crowder. He had a good game today. Most of it done quite early on, but even he is inconsistent because of the um, the plays, play calling and obviously Darnold. So I agree. Yeah, there's not there's not much there, unfortunately. Um, on to the Vikings at the Chiefs. Um, oh, a very good game, actually, um, from two playoff, likely playoff bound teams. They both had their slip up so far this season, but they, they should, in theory, both, both finish in there. Um, Kirk Cousins wasn't at his best, as we've seen um, a lot this year. Um, unfortunately, he went back to what he was like uh, right at the start of the season, but he almost he almost saw it out. He had good he had a good two or three quarters, just but just a couple of little mistakes, unfortunately, and um, and then the, the Chiefs managed to see away the game. Uh, he did not. He didn't intercept throw an interception, which was good, and he had three touchdowns. So from a fantasy perspective, he had a good game. Um, and he is a semi-reliable quarterback. Um, it's tough to call him a streamer because he'll be on a lot of people's teams. Um, but if he is out there and you are struggling or you do want someone that you can plug in your lineup, you can do a lot worse. I think with the weapons he's got and the way Vikings are playing at the moment, you can do a lot worse. Diggs, though, he was on another poor receiving end, which he will not be happy with. I can imagine there was a few words this week spoken already uh he had one catch out of four um four targets but yeah poor poor display unfortunately from him um and, and darwin cook had a, had another good game he still remains the top rush in terms of rushing yards in the nfl at the moment uh didn't get touched down today unfortunately the, the chiefs defense um did as much as they can to si- <clears throat> sorry to silence him um but he still came away with 72 yards on the ground and 45 yards through the air. So still another reasonable game um, from a fantasy perspective. And yeah, he's as reliable as they come in that offence. Um, from the Chiefs, obviously, the big big news. Mahomes sits out again. He is rumoured to be back in week 10. It might be a bit early. Um, it depends if they want to rush him through. I would say probably not worth it. Matt Moore has done well under centre. Um Obviously, he had a, he made a few mistakes today, um, but not too many killer mistakes, and they still managed to see out the win. Um, so 
yeah, I, I, I wouldn't rush Mahomes back if if you if they don't need to. Matt Moore's pretty capable, considering he didn't play at all last year as well. It's mad that he's doing as well as he is, to be honest. He didn't even play play in the preseason. No, I know it's crazy. You know, but he's a good quarterback. The only thing is, he does like to throw it in, into double and triple coverage. He thinks he can make every throw still, and sometimes he's not got the arm he thinks he has. But I'm a big fan of Matt Moore. I like to watch him, and I completely agree with you. I mean, they play the Titans this week, and then they play the following week on a Monday night against the Chargers. I'd rather have him back. You know, that would be the game that I might target for him, a big Monday night tilt in the division. I, I think that would be the one. Yeah, extra week and then plus another day. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the best. I mean, you speak about uh, Matt Moore throwing into double and triple coverage. I mean, when you've got Tyreek Hill there, you can have the whole defence around him. <laughs> I still expect him to get the ball. Some of those catches he made is just ridiculous. I mean, he is a surefire wide receiver one at the moment. He finished there on 140 yards and a touchdown. And like I said, I think there was two acrobatic catches that you just think, how does he continue to make these catches? He is just an, on another level, like well and truly. Um, and I, I think like what puts even more confidence in me that Matt Moore can, can play and Mahomes should sit out for a bit longer is you look at all of their offensive weapons on the day. Tyreek Hill, 140 yards and a touchdown. Sammy Watkins, 63 yards. Travis Kelsey, 62 yards. They're still getting plays. You've got no worries for fantasy, regardless of who's on the centre. Just just rest Mahomes. You want him for the final run-in of the year and into the playoffs. Yeah. This is a year. Yeah, I mean, you've got Super Bowl hopes. You, yeah. you need him to be as right as possible. And at the moment, Matt Moore has done nothing to suggest that he can't win enough games to, to get you there. You know, they've obviously got, got work to do with regards to looking at home field and vintage and stuff like that. So just sit the quarterback out, let's get him right and we'll go and beat whoever we need to in the playoffs together. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, it's, it's, the, right, it's the right choice. Whether they'll make it or not, I don't know. I think, I think Andy Reid's sensible enough to make it. I think he, he, he trusts in himself and his play calling to, to manage the offence enough to get through it. It might not be as quite the same as under Pat Mahomes, but you know he's shown he can do enough, and Andy Reid's an experienced enough coach to not rush the quarterback back. I think. I agree. Yeah, he's part of the reason why they are doing so well. He's play, he's making the right calls for Matt Matt Moore, and yeah, it's just still seems to be working. Final thing from this game before we do move on. Um, obviously, Adam Phelan sat this game out. Um, with his hamstring injury, and it does seem highly likely that he he's going to miss week ten as well. I've seen a few reports that they might sit him for the whole of November. It's probably a wise choice when it comes to a hamstring injury. I mean, as much as they they'll miss him um, in his play, his play in the offense. You, you, again, you need him for the for the playoff run. Could agree more. At six and three. You know, you want to make it to the playoffs. You want to be as healthy as you can coming to the end of the year. Having a nagging hat, those hamstring injuries just nag. You know, the players come back and you know you applaud them because they want to they want to help the team win. But I think if you're looking at the long term prospect of the team, it's better to get him right than it is to to, to force him back in. I mean, yeah. the, the Contreras had 58 yards on the day receiving. Dalvin Cook had 45 on the day. You know, they still had plenty of of yardage. You know, it's not exactly the same, but they've got enough talent there to get through some games. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think um, 
next week is a big one for them as well against the Cowboys. So for them to already come out and say he won't be playing says it all really. <clears throat> um, over to the uh, the Panthers um, who were at home against the Titans, Lee. Yeah, so this is a this is a good display by the Panthers, and I think it probably played into the decision made was it yesterday to end Cam Newton's season to put him on IR. Um, they scored 30 on the day, beat the Titans 30 to 20. Um, Christian McCaffrey is just, I mean, right now he's got to be the MVP, he's got to be the MVP or at least leading because he's carrying the team. Um, he, he finished 166 yards on the day of three touchdowns. Um, I'd say, I, I think it, it's such a great, great thing to have a running back like that because it's allowing them to play Kyle Allen, get good production out of Kyle Allen. He doesn't have to carry the offense like a Mason Rudolph is. And then you can say, right, we're going to shut Cam down. Now, obviously the that leads to the to the rumors that Cam will be out of Carolina. But I mean, it just puts the Panthers in the best decision to to either have him back and healthy next year, or if they move on, then they're moving on with Kyle Allen anyway. So he needs to play. It just takes the questions out every week of, oh, is Cam coming back? When's Cam coming back? So I, I think Christian McCaffrey is, is the, obviously the, you know, is what has made them comfortable enough to make that decision. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree with you. I think, unfortunately, because he's a running back, they, there's always a bit of stigmatism around the MVP and it, it's unlikely, in my opinion, it's unlikely he'll get it as much as I think he fully deserves it. I just... It just it, it's a rare it's a rare occurrence that it happens and just on the neutral front I personally think they are going to cut bait with him in the off season. He's getting on. He's he's lost a lot of what they uh, a lot of his play unfortunately for various injuries and it's a lot of money to invest on someone who is now being consistently injured and is is once again out for the year. I could agree more. I mean, it'd be interesting to see where he ends up. And hopefully he can get healthy and we can see the Cam Newton that, that has been a good quarterback in the league. But like you say, injuries are taking a toll. They're, they're now, you know, consistently keeping him out of games. But even before that, he was playing hurt a lot. So, you know, this is not a new new problem for them. From the Titans' point of view, they started this game slow. They were shut out in the first half, but sort of got things going a bit in the second half. Um, Ryan Tannehill finished with 331 yards passing. Um, he had a TD passing. He also rushed for a touchdown and 38 yards. So had a pretty good day. Derrick Henry finished with 99 total yards, two touchdowns. So I think the Titans actually, they're kind of in in no man's land because you've moved on to a second quarterback. You're four and five, but you've been in some games. They've looked a bit better recently. I don't know where to go with them going forwards is the problem. Um I say the, the last two weeks they've looked good. I think Ryan Tannehill's played well this week. They just got off to a slow start and couldn't recover. So yeah, going forwards, I mean, I pick Ryan Tannehill up in a couple of leagues, and you know he's still scored plenty of points for me. So from a fantasy point of view, I think it's okay. I also think that's a team that's still trying to win. You know, the, even though they sit bottom of the division at four and five, they're still in it. So yeah, it's a, it's a very it's a very open division that one, and it always has been. And yeah, Ryan Tannehill is a serviceable quarterback, which is 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 what you want in some in some aspects and in some situations. That's a lot of all people will have, um, and he does make some of their other um, uh, offensive pieces a bit more reliable, like Derek Henry in the passing game. He seems to be 
relying on him a bit more than Mariota did. And Corey Davis, he's still not lighting the world light, and but he's now somewhat reliable in certain situations if if you're absolutely desperate. Couldn't agree more. The, only, the last point I had written down was really just, you know, to ask you, do you look to try and get Cam in some dynasty leagues to see what situation he ends up in? No, purely because of the age and the injury concerns, I think. And I think wherever he lands, if 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 they might not even release him, I still probably wouldn't pick him up even if he stayed in, in Carolina, to be honest. But I think if he lands anywhere else, he's going to be in a competition with a high draft rookie, I reckon would be the situation. If he gets fully fit, brilliant. I mean, but I still don't think we'll ever see the count that we used to. So, so no, I would I wouldn't I would avoid him in Dynasty. Okay. On to the Redskins and the Bills. I mean, there's not a great deal to talk about from an offensive and fantasy perspective here, especially on the Redskins side of things. This current offense, offensive system, head coach, and Haskins, Keenum, McCoy, whoever it is under center, you cannot rely on anyone outside of Peterson. In currently, and even Peterson's matchup dependent. I mean, he finished the day on 108 yards and he looked like a beast, but he will have games where he will post 25 yards, 35 yards. You just can't rely on anything on this offense. And it pains me because Terry McLaurin is phenomenal and he is a, he can be a legit pop wide receiver, but he needs a good quarterback and he needs a good offensive system. I would keep him, 100% I would keep him, and I would I would target him in Dynasty. The longer that this poor run goes on, the less valuable he'll be to certain owners. Pick him up, because in the long term, I I expect real good, real good things from him. But at this present moment in time, I don't have much to say on the Redskins, because there's just nothing, there's no value there. Yeah, I mean, I saw them play in person, and... I didn't think they were a very good football team. They say McLaurin played well on the day. Is the bright spot. Adrian Peterson can get it done. Is matchup dependent. So, to be honest, if you could swerve the Redskins altogether, probably would. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're in a stretch, you can start McLaurin in certain matchups, and that is certain matchups. There are a few where you can start him and be relatively comfortable about it. But yeah, aside from that, Peterson. If you've got him and you, and you need him a week in a week, put him on, but don't expect a lot from him. Um, Bills side of things. The Bills are the lowest scoring team in the NFL at the moment with a winning record, and they are 6-2. and two. Says it all. Their, de- their defence is legit, and their coaching of their defence is legit, and probably one of the best in the league. From what they get out of their defence is, is phenomenal. From an from offensive side, they don't look bad. Um, Devin Singletary, it's good that he's back from his injury and he seems fully recovered. And he, he now has taken the starting role, in my opinion. I mean, week eight, 68% of the snap share over Gore. And week nine this week, 66%. He's their starting running back now. He had a good game, just under 100 yards rushing. He finished with 95 and a touchdown. Um, and he gets involved in the passing game as well. He got 45 yards through the air. So I like him. Um, I've mentioned him before and I've written about him in a previous article. Um, I think he's going to have a good future. Um, and he's a he's a good pickup. I say a good pickup. He's it's a bit too late now. People did drop him when he was injured, but he's likely picked up in most leagues. However, if he is on your waiver wire, 
100% pick him up. Um, Josh Allen, <clears throat> he offers, as much as he is inconsistent in a game, he offers good fantasy value because of his rushing game. Um, and he can get it done through the air. He does just about enough through the air. I mean, today, 14 completion, ton, sorry, Sunday, 160 yards, one touchdown. Doesn't look amazing, but he got a touchdown on the ground. If he continues to do that, which it looks like he will most games, he's going to offer you some sort of fantasy value. He's not a QB1, and it's not someone you want to rely on week to week, but I've got him in a few super flex leagues as my QB2. I'm more than happy to have that, considering the current quarterback landscape is atrocious with all the injuries that have happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, his rushing upside will always keep him fantasy relevant. From his weapons in terms of passing, it's a bit more unreliable. I mean, Beasley got the touchdown on Sunday, but Brown will be his top receiver. He did finish with 76 yards. It's difficult to trust week to week. I mean, when, when Allen puts up 160 yards through the air, you're, your receivers are going to have a poor game, considering that Singletary got three of those for 45 yards. Doesn't leave a great deal for the actual receivers. So difficult to trust anyone in terms on the passing game. Comfortably start Allen in a superflex league. If you're desperate, I'd start him in a one QB league. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to start Singletary as a running back two slash flex. Yeah, can agree more. I mean, you'd like to see them take a little. I would personally like to see him take a little bit off Josh Allen's plate become a super run-heavy team um, because he's got the arm to do it. It's just a decision-making, and I think that just that just comes with more time. I think it's coming along. You know, he's got all the talent. That's not, not, not an issue. He's especially got the arm talent. But I just want a team that's sitting at six and two. I just want to limit the mistakes. So, I mean, I don't know if that's something they would do, but when you've got a guy like Frank Gore and, like you say, Devin Singletary on the team, you can run the ball. And obviously, Josh Allen's got wheels himself. So, you know... So I'd like to see them become a really run-heavy first team and um, just pound people for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's probably the uh, direction they will try and go go for. Um, next, back over to you, Lee, for the uh, the Bucks game. So this was quite an interesting game. Finishing overtime, Seahawks won 40-34. to um, Russell Wilson's just great. Like, he's great to watch. Um I gotta be honest. I felt a little bit bad because obviously Mer's a Bucks fan. Um, I know a few Bucks fans, but when this game got late and it was a bit of a, a sort of a shootout in the end of the game, there's only one quarterback you're taking in there, and it's not Jameis Winston. Um, <laughs> sorry to say, but I mean this is a, Russell Wilson's fourth game-winning drive of the season. Um, he was 29 of 43 on the day for 378 yards and five touchdowns. He just gets it done in every aspect. I mean. Yeah. That, Another MVP candidate there. And to be honest, the most likely to win it, I reckon. Um, purely purely down to the fact that he's a quarterback. I think that will give him the edge on a lot of voters. And he yeah. he, had, he has looked unbelievable this season. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. But um, from the Bucks' point of view, it's interesting. The, the Bucks are the fourth highest scoring team on the road. Now, they have played more home road games than they have home games because of the way their schedule's out. They actually go home for two games now, which might concern a few people going forwards. They're averaging nearly 30 points a game on the road. I mean, to score 34 in this, it wasn't enough to win, but they're, they're putting up the numbers. From a fantasy perspective, James Wilson's still putting up good numbers. Had 30, 335 yards this week, 301 yards last week, and 400 yards 
two weeks ago. So, I mean, he's getting it done. It's just not enough to win enough games. I mean, they're a two-win team. Uh, yeah, exactly. When he doesn't have the interceptions, he, the yardage always seems to be there for him to, uh, to give him somewhat fantasy relevant. He always scores touchdowns, but it's just the mistakes that he makes, unfortunately, is the thing that hampers him a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, it, you know, in his last three outings, he's got seven interceptions. You know, they they just keep coming. Again, it's a decision-making thing more than a, a talent thing because you see him putting up the yardage. He's, he can obviously throw the ball all over the place, no problem. But it's the, the decision-making that, that really kind of separates a player like Jameis Winston from a player like Russell Wilson. He doesn't put yeah. the ball in danger as often. Yeah, exactly. Um, what... Uh, only other takeaways from this game from me and, and purely from a fantasy aspect is uh, Ronald Jones has been hyped up a bit more this week by Arians and he seems to be the um, every down back now. So I would I would prioritise him if he's there on the waivers, but I wouldn't go crazy on the bidding because it, he is still in this offence and the run game does somewhat get ignored at times. And obviously Winston, they, they like to throw it a lot and they're a, Behind in a lot of games, so they will throw it a lot. But if you if you need a running back, I would I would I would pick him up. Um, from the from the Seahawks, obviously the tight ends always seem to get theirs. It's just decided now that um, I forget oh, what's his name. Uh, now that Will Disley's out for the year, it's just deciding which one it's going to be. This week it was Hollister got two touchdowns. Could be Luke Wilson next week. We just don't know. So I would. As difficult it is to say, probably avoid them because you just can't risk it. Um, and then Lockett and Metcalf, if Wilson continues to play the way he has been, I mean, they are both Lockett's a, a, a QB, a, a wide receiver one, and Metcalf is a comfortable wide receiver three, teetering on wide receiver two at the moment. Um, yeah, the only the only last thing I had is the, the Bucks now play two home games, and Jameis Winston has nine interceptions at home this year. In just three games, he's averaging three three interceptions a game at home. So, I'd, I'd be concerned in, in in the coming weeks if you're looking for victories. But fantasy points might still be there. Yeah, it just depends on what else he puts in the game, really. So, yeah, d- difficult decision that people have to make with him. But I, for one, will have to make that decision because in some leagues I've got him, Mayfield, and him, Trubisky. So I'm really loving it at the minute. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Um, over to the Raiders, who saw out a 31-24 victory versus the Lions. And this was a this was a very entertaining game. The only uh, downside from a Raiders and from a fantasy point of view was um, Waller was was very quiet today uh, on Sunday. Sorry, don't take don't read too much into that. He is still a tight end one, and I believe he'll be a tight end one for years to come. Uh, he's just he's just another level. If he if he continues on this path, he's going to be spoken about in the in the uh, Kelsey conversation next year. It'll be those three, maybe not Ertz, but it'll be Kelsey, Kittle, and um, and Waller as the big three to be spoken about. Eric Carr having a very very good season, much like his uh, MVP season before his injury. What's twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen? I think I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, he's looking very good. Um, and largely down to the um, reliability that you've got in the run game and the focus that people have, that the defense have to give Josh Jacobs will open Carr up. And when he has time, he's a good quarterback, and he's shown it this so far this year. He's cut out a lot of the little silly mistakes he's made previously, um, and he's leading them on to 
onto victories at the moment. Josh, and speaking of Josh Jacobs, I, I mean, offensive rookie of the year. I mean, he's, he's almost got it in the bag already at the minute. I don't. There's not really anyone else. Yeah, I mean, he's playing superb football. Phenomenal. 120 yards and two touchdowns today. Can you imagine if he was involved in the passing game as well? I mean, yeah, he'd be a borderline top five running back. I mean, he is a borderline top five running back without that. I mean, yeah, very, very good. Um, I've got to give it to Gruden as well. I had a lot of reservation about him um, coming into the year. Um, but he seems to be doing really well on offence in particular at the moment. So... I've got, I've got to give him credit there. I, I thought this was a this whole plan for the Raiders is is to be right next year when they move into the new stadium. That's the that's the key. You just need to see great progress from them this year. And I mean, they sit at four and four right now. I just think what could have been had Antonio Brown managed to you know keep his head straight. Yeah, exactly. You know what what could have been? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this it's not a bad transition year to have for them, to be honest. From a Lions point of view, again, another good, impressive offensive display. Matthew Stafford, over 400 yards and three touchdowns. But lots of little mistakes throughout the day um, proved the proved the pivotal decision um, on the reason they lost, lost this game, unfortunately. Purely from a fantasy aspect, though, I mean, both Joe, Marvin Jones and Kenny Golladay have got significant fantasy value when Stafford's under centre. The issue that you have is knowing which one of them is going to be each week. This week, obviously, both men, absolute phenomenal. Very, very good fantasy days. Kenny Golladay, 132 yards and a touchdown. Marvin Jones, 126 yards and a touchdown. Unfortunately, you won't get that every week. You'll get games where Golladay has got one reception and Marvin Jones has smashed out three touchdowns. You'll have games where Golladay's got eight receptions and Marvin Jones has only got three or four for 40 yards. Difficult to say which, but both comfortable to start, in my opinion. Golladay still has a wide receiver two and Jones is ordering on a two, probably a two as well. There is no run game, though, in Detroit, unfortunately. Before Kerryon Johnson went on to IR, it still wasn't looking amazing, but he gave them that, that little bit of something. Now he's gone, you just can't rely at all on McKissick and Johnson. And I think the Lions know that as well. And they're going to put their game through the through the air as much as they possibly can. So McKissick, you can possibly pick up because of his passing down um, pedigree. I mean, he scored a t- he got he got a receiving touchdown today uh, on Sunday. So he does offer that, but it's still a risky play. I wouldn't rely on any of the Lions backs at the minute. Um, we just haven't got that difference maker there. And I think they know that as well. And they're going to probably avoid it as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised they didn't make a move at the trade deadline to try and bring in someone, whether it had been a Kenyan Drake. I mean, there was rumours they were interested or anybody else, really. I thought they would have made some sort of move to uh, solidify it, especially with Kerryon Johnson already being hurt before um, he was placed on IR. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's uh, an interesting one. But, yeah, how... How did Aaron Rodgers look on Sunday? Aaron Rodgers was under pressure a lot from a Chargers defence, which was stellar on the day. Um, The Packers had under 100 yards of offence until the fourth quarter of the game. I mean, and this is from a team that, that quite frankly, up to this point, you could argue is one of the, the better playing teams in the NFL. Maybe even the best outside of, I mean, obviously New England are getting it done 
they had a much softer schedule. I mean, the Packers had looked great, but the Chargers found a way to get it done. I mean, they say like 100 yards into the fourth quarter, you'd have got a lot of money if you placed a bet on that before, before the game. So, especially considering what Rogers did last week, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they obviously got a lot of pressure um, with Melvin Ingram and Jerry Bosa. So, it was, it was just a stellar performance on the day. I don't think, I mean, I don't see it as a reflection on the Packers. I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. I think every team has this game during during the season where they un, underperform somewhat. I think that's just what happened for the for the Packers this week. Um, yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it. Um I wouldn't take away too much fantasy value from from anyone. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people would have been stung by Rogers and Aaron Jones this week, but they're still they're still top options. That's it. There's, there's nothing to panic about. I mean, especially uh, this is a good game, I think, for the Chargers because I've been a bit concerned about them the last few weeks. They've not been playing great football. They, they did get a couple of wins, but they say just didn't play great football. And this time, the defense really showed up. Also, Gordon had his best day on the ground as well, having 80 yards on 20 carries and having two um, TDs. He also had 29 yards receiving, so gives him 109 yards on the day. It just goes to show, you know, hold, holding out did make a difference. And I think the rust is coming off and going forwards. It, this is why they've been giving him the bulk of the carries. And it didn't look great and it certainly hurt people who had Austin Eckler. But... It's not going to change. They, you know, they see him as the as the back. So I mean, Austin Eckler obviously gets gets plenty of yards receiving, but you know, I think it's the plan is starting to pay off a little bit for the Chargers. Yeah, I think they're going to ride him out as well. I, I can't see him wanting to stay there next year. Um, I, I think he moves on. Uh, fans will be uh, uh, fantasy fans will be upset from Austin Eckler, but I think the positive is he's still has somewhat involvement in the past in the rushing game and obviously the passing game and he still did get over 100 yards today just unfortunately this was the day that Gordon got the touchdowns I think there was a couple of weeks ago where it was role reversal they both had reasonably high scrimmage yards but Eckler came away with all the touchdowns so just depends on the day another one that depends on the day unfortunately which we seem to be seeing a lot in the running back um, landscape this year yeah certainly and my last takeaway from this was just Green Bay didn't have a terrible weekend. Yes, they dropped the game, but from a divisional point of view, Vikings, Lions, Bears all lost as well. So, yeah, you know, well, I say as far as losing goes, it's probably as good as it could have been. Hundred percent. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out well for them. Final thing from me: Devontae Adams is back. Good to see. Obviously, as expected, he started a bit slow. He's obviously first game back, but yeah, it's good to see him back. Is the one at well top three wide receiver in terms of fantasy draft picks. So, yeah, positives to take out of this game for them. On to, oh, I don't really want to go into this game because of the Browns. But, yeah, the Browns 24, um, sorry, the Broncos beat the Browns 24-19. And the Browns continue to struggle on offense. One positive for Baker, he didn't throw an interception. Still doesn't look right. And... I largely put it down to the offensive line. The offensive line for the Browns is a train wreck, um, just to put it lightly. Um, and I also think the offensive play calling has been suspect as well. I think they overestimated um, Kitchen's ability. Um, it's hard to say. We're only halfway through a season um, of, his, of his rookie coaching season, but 
I think they read too much into what happened at the end of last year um, and, and might have jumped the gun. Um, but the, the, until the O-line straightens itself out, I think Baker's going to continue to struggle. And because of that, from fantasy, it's difficult to rely on anybody, including Odell Beckham. Yes, he finished with 87 yards today on Sunday, but that's not what you want from Beckham. And if, it, if that is what you get from him, you usually expect to have a touchdown on there as well, but he's not getting them at the moment. And I've seen something absolutely crazy today that um, the, the, there's been rumours that the, the more they grow frustrated with them, the more teams are going to try and trade him. That Browns will never get rid of him unless something drastic happens, but it's just mad that that's being spoken about. Yeah, I mean, there was rumours leading up to the trade deadline that, that they were considering if they'd got offers, would, would they be willing to move on from him? I mean, I'm not a big Odell Beckham fan. That's that's just my preference. I mean, he drops too many of the easy catches for me. The, the spectacular catches are great, but I want him to catch those those um, easy catches. I, I wanted to pull in more rather than more one-handed catches. And I think it probably showed a bit, you know, late in the game when on a key down he got one-on-one coverage, and Baker went underneath to Jarvis Landry in double coverage. Short yeah. sticks, you know. Uh, I think th- there's obviously not the comfort there that that you want. Yes, it's only been half a season, and obviously Jarvis Landry was there all of last year, so they've got that chemistry a bit more. But I mean, I'd be concerned going forwards. I saw a stat earlier in the week: they're a half game better off this year than they were <laughs> last year at this same point. With everything they've invested, it's it's a concern. It is a concern, yeah, and. I... I think a lot of people, myself included, probably did overact in the off season. Let's not forget what this team looked like last year and the uh, well, sorry, uh, a couple of years ago, and, and and somewhat last year as well for half a season. Yes, there's a new coaching staff. Yes, there's a lot of good talent on there, but they they've had to pretty much overhaul this team in two years. The pieces are still trying to gel together, and I do have confidence in Baker. He was not the number one overall pick for no reason. I mean. And, and he showed last year that he's got good talent. We just need him to get that back. And I think he's probably lacking a bit of confidence. I personally think the first game knocked him for six and he struggled to recuperate since then. And he's not been given time to, to, to write it since then because of this O-line. I think they made the mistake of trading Zietler because he was phenomenal for them last year. Was it Zietler? Yeah, it is Zietler. Yeah. Um, he was phenomenal for them last year. Yes, they got Beckham out of that, but... It's no good if your own line can't exactly. long enough to get the ball to him. Yeah, so. if your QB can't stay upright or has enough time to throw to your wide receiver, what's the point? Um, yeah. I, I anyway. couldn't agree more. I mean, I've been shouting for my team to draft O-linemen. Like last year, I wanted to draft O-linemen with every single pick. Because unless you've got that, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is, he's still going to get beat up. And you're not going to get the ball to your star players because he doesn't have time. I think people will, you know, forget that the O-line might not be a shiny toy, but it's way more important. Well, I uh, should probably speak about the Broncos as well, considering they did win this game. And they have, they have a, a fair bit of news coming out of them as well, obviously, as we, we knew before the game. Joe Flacco's done for the year on IR. Brandon Allen, he looks more than capable in his, uh, in his relief. It's probably... A lot of it's down to the fact that Browns wouldn't have had a lot of time to, to watch any of his tape um, and really plan for him. But 
he was effective. He didn't do anything spectacular, but he didn't do, make too many mistakes. I mean, no tu- no turnovers um, from an interception point of, point of view. And he did score two touchdowns and he managed the game well. And when you've got a backup quarterback in, that's all you can ask. That's all you can ask. And that's that's what you hope for, that they can manage the game and the players around them can see out the victory. And, and they did. Um, and I don't, think they have too much concern for the rest of the year unless they unless they decide to make a change which I, I can't see it happening. Um, from a fantasy point of view, don't overreact on Noah Fant. Yes, he got 115 yards. Yes, he scored a touchdown. It was from three receptions and before today um, he's had one game which was week four where he had over 10 fantasy points and that was 10.1. Since then He's he's had an up and down rookie career, and it's expected from a rookie tight end. This is the sort of performances that we expect to see. Evan Ingram is that's an anomaly from a from a rookie tight end point of view. Don't go crazy over Fan. Just keep an eye on him. If he continues to play like this, brilliant. You've got a sound tight end, but don't put too much faith in him yet. Yeah, I mean, like you say. You just want your backup quarterback to come in and do an okay job. He doesn't have to be spectacular because Joe Flacco isn't spectacular, hasn't been spectacular. So, you know, we don't need him to to go out there and be Peyton Manning. We just need him to go out there and be, you know, run the offense the way it's being called and make the plays that are available to him. We're seeing it's working really well for a bunch of other teams. You know, we spoke in depth about Kansas City earlier. Their quarterback just doing the job, doing enough. That's all you're asking from him, not, you know. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, it, he looked better than Flacco looked in a lot of games this year. So they, they might well be better off. We'll, we'll soon see. Final point on this game. What, um, the, obviously, the split on the, the Broncos running backs, Lindsay and Freeman are still there. Lindsay obviously got the, <clears throat> the most of it um, in this game and he finished the day with 90 yards and touchdown and Freeman was disappointing. But... That split continues to be there and does need to be monitored from a fantasy aspect. Lindsay's probably the preferred starter at the moment, um, but just you've got to watch that space. Yeah, good agree more. Um, so on to the final game, and uh, what a game it was. The Patriots um, finally losing their, their record to the, the Ravens. What a shame, eh? Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the interesting thing, my first point I've got to take away from this is the Patriots give up four TDs on the day and that's as many as they've given up all year. So, you know, that that's quite a, quite a thing. But this is the Patriots' first real test of the season. I mean, they played the Browns and they played the Jets and they played the Dolphins, among other teams. Their schedule so far has been friendly, we'll say. You, you know, yeah. So, yes, they still have to go out and win those games and they've looked impressive in some of those games. But at the same time, this was the first time they came up with a team that really is playing to, to be in that sort of, of level with them. I think probably what made it a bit more difficult is the Patriots, you know, are famous for Bill Belichick saying, right, this is what you do best and I'm going to take it away from you. But that's really difficult when Lamar Jackson's passing the ball well, but as a team, they're running the ball well as well because they're going to say, okay, well, we'll beat you either way. And that's kind of how it played out. Yeah, definitely. I think Mahomes, oh, sorry, Mahomes, what we're talking about. Jackson <laughs> is um, an, an upgraded version of Allen. I mean, what do you have on the day? 163 yards, but 
Yeah, 163 yards passing. Yeah, but he had two touchdowns on the ground and 60-odd yards. So, I mean, yeah, you can't... There's only so much you can scheme against him because at the moment, you don't know what he's going to do you on. That's it. So a lot of it is off script as well. Do you know what I mean? It, it's mm. it's what he does as the play develops. Like I say, I mean, I think that was the key to winning this game is the balance. So they had 163 yards. Um, sorry, he had 163 yards passing and they had 210 yards on the ground. You know, that's a pretty good, you know, way to, to attack a team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't, so obviously I didn't see this game um, because of when it was on and I just not had a chance to really catch up on it. But I've noticed the uh, Sanu seems to have settled in pretty well so far in the Patriots. I think he's a pretty pretty safe pickup um, for a sort of wide receiver free slash flex. So he seems to like he seems like he's going to get a lot of the workload, especially with Gordon out of town now. Yeah, I got to be honest as well. I think you know if one of us went and suited up with the Patriots, we'd probably get our fair share of, of targets as well because they're they're going to go to the open guy, you know, and obviously we're good enough to get open. So, but yeah, of course, yeah, obviously, but you know, what I mean. Sanu's a good player, so he's going to get targeted when he's open. Tom Brady doesn't doesn't have a bias. He, you know, he may have a favourite target, but he's always going to just put the ball in the best place possible. So, I think anyone that New England pick up becomes a good player to watch for because the the scheme is going to allow people to become open. And if they are, Tom Brady will find them. He won't just just look for the one guy. Um, the other point I've got coming out of this is. Watch out for the Patriots in two weeks' time. The Patriots are on a bye this week. Um, they they play the play Philadelphia. After that, the Patriots are twenty four and four coming off the bye since two thousand and three. A forty seven and nine after a loss. I think I, I think they're going to take it to Philadelphia in two weeks' time, and they, they <laughs> they're going to say, unfortunately, why did they have to lose before they played us? Final point for a final thing before we sign off, Lee. When are the 49ers going to lose their first game? I know when I think it will be. I'm going to have to pull up the schedule. When do you think it will be? I reckon two weeks. Sorry, they've got Cardinals next week and they've got the Packers the week after. I think they're going to see off both of those. But I reckon the Ravens are going to do them. I think Ravens are going to be their first loss. So Okay. I will take home to the Saints. The, follow they, the, week, the week after the, the follow, Ravens. The following week, I reckon they get into December. They come down after beating... Beating the Ravens, and I reckon Drew Brees rolls into town. And they've got a pretty heavy schedule now for the rest of the year, though. I mean, yeah, they've done. They've probably already done enough to, to get in the playoffs, no doubt about it. But Seahawks, Packers, Ravens, Saints, Rams, Sea Seahawks again. I mean, that's a mad schedule for the rest of the year. Yeah, to be honest, the games they've got remaining. The Cardinals and Falcons are the only ones that you're going to pencil in and say those are definite wins because the rest could go. Like, I'm not trying to take anything away from them; they're undefeated for a reason. They do look oh, yeah. like a good team, but like you say, that that's a a tough stretch of games. Hundred percent, yeah. I, I, yeah, they fully deserve to have the record they they've got so far. But this is the real test. This will really tell people are they are they a legit playoff team or or not. This is these these are the games that are going to decide that for them. Not just because of the record, but just the actual games themselves will do a lot for them when they make it to the playoffs. Yeah, especially with those two divisional games to end the year as well. You know, that's always big before you go into the playoffs. 
Yeah, exactly. And there we go. That's another week done, Lee. Thank you very much for joining me. Do you want to let the fans know where they can find you? Yeah, it's been great to be on again. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at 5 Yard Lee. Always on there, just doing stuff. Tinkering with the site a lot of the time. Yeah, very much appreciate you, that, you doing that because I can't, I can't do stuff like that. So I'm glad, I'm glad we've got people that can. <laughs> Um, and you can find me, uh, um, addicted to underscore FF on Twitter. Uh, and obviously my articles are on the website. I've got my weekly article. Next one should be up on Friday. Um, but that, that is it for another week. I'll see you next week, Lee. And until we meet again, Russian Nation, keep on rushing. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.